RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight podcast at the Dark Delight Extravaganza. We were joking around before we started today about how to, you know, get a whole bunch of kids in a room to be quiet. And we have a principal here, former principal here, who, a sexy principal here who gave us a few tips. Yes. On how to do it. So we're here Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Extravaganza. We're going to do something a little different today, but I did have like a few things I just wanted to get out there for those of you like who are craving updates on the Trump affidavit stuff. So I spent the morning reading um, some of the filings in his case against the government. So he filed a case two weeks after for a special master to be appointed to like look at everything and okay. be in charge of everything. Well, the government responded today... And there's a hearing tomorrow. But when the government responded, they forgot to change. (laughs) They forgot to change the tense of a word, which indicates to me very strongly that they used the affidavit to fill in the filing they made. So a lot of the things I think that we didn't get to read about the probable cause basis for the raid is actually in this filing and the idiots who copy and pasted it didn't change the tense. For example, it says one of the statutes for which I found probable cause was 18 USC 1519, which prohibits obstructing an investigation. So either these attorneys for the government made the made the uh, process, the agent who applied for the warrant write portions of this brief or they just copy and pasted it right from the affidavit into it. And it's very lengthy and very, very detailed. So I still think that he's getting indicted. I think there's no question he's getting indicted now um, because they've they've outlined basically their whole case. And they're they're arguing that the special master doesn't need to be appointed anymore because they've already finished. So what's the point? So I guess like screw you. But then what's the difference if they are appointing one? Right. So what's your argument, government? It doesn't make any sense. And that um, it would be harmful to national security and the intelligence community if they were to bring in a special master to protect Trump's privileged materials, of which they admit they did find some attorney-client privileged materials. So mm. that's that's the update I have there. Noted. I don't see that this is I've been a little disconnected from it all. And I was wondering what was going on with this. But um oh. What do you think? You think this is going to be a uh, a late September thing, or is this their concocted October surprise because he's so he has so many Trump endorsed candidates out there? Is uh, this is just for this year, or like I said, do you think it's going to be for um, really bringing it to a head during campaigning for twenty twenty four, which will ramp up next year? If they're already done going through what they seized, I think it's going to be relatively soon quick because I don't think they're going to wait. You know. Three or four months if they're going to indict him if they already know what they're looking at now they're saying the intelligence community has to let everybody know in the in the fbi whether or not this this stuff was harmful to national security if if that's the case and you already you know what the thing that makes me laugh is you're seeing people oh trump knew about macron's sex life you know and i'm like well if all this stuff is so important and so sacrosanct why the f is the media getting leaks about it yeah, yeah. Oh, it's time for somebody to do something. That, um, well, hey, the the, uh, the Macron stuff. All, we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago because I remember that story popping up in 2017 or or whatever. I, obviously, he's not the you know his his personal habits aren't really the big big story. It makes you wonder what else is what else is there because who cares about Manuel Macron? But there has to be something else. You know that, and what that is. Oh, I just wish I wish we could know. You know, always speculating. Well, yeah, about everything, <laughs> mostly everything. Put but, it out there. Yeah, just like you know. But the, the the whole national security angle of this to me is what is the most concerning. Um, 
I just don't see how I would be. Lo- I would be happy if I was wrong, but I don't see how he escapes without them indicting him at this point. Yeah, there's just no. Even if he declassified the stuff, like they assert in this brief that no, um, you know, he didn't tell us that he declassified it. That's like a last ninth inning thing he's pulling out now, and it's just it's a whole. We don't even know what it is. Like he didn't even know what they took. Um, they go through the whole process in this thing. I linked it on my Truth Social and on my Telegram if you guys want to read it. But Frank on Monday said, bring your questions today and let's make it a lighter sort of a extravaganza closing show. I will say first before we get on to that, I cannot wait to, to, to track his poll numbers during the whole indictment uh, public spectacle oh. process. I can't wait to, to hear what Rich Barris brings up and, and what... because. I think it was Michael Knowles who described Trump as anti-fragile at one point where what would chip away at somebody's resilience and their their public appeal and whatever the hell else, their support from their base, what would do that for most people actually has the opposite fortifying effect. So I I I would just love to – I can't wait to track that and uh, and watch them really squeal. They're already in – change the polls to make Biden look like he's doing great mode before the election. So that started happening. Right? I was talking, we were talking about this at the at, um, at the breakfast table this morning before we left, how um, how it was, it's when you think about the 81 million n- number, you would think that inside of that would be a guaranteed baseline 52% approval rating. Well, you, right. know, well, you would think that more if, votes than Obama. Yeah. Well, if people jumped on and this was such a we need to do this to save the country. It doesn't matter who Trump is, who Biden is, whatever. Anything that Biden gives us is going to be better than Trump. You would think that they wouldn't have to find ways to make 35 seem like a high watermark on MSNBC. You would think that 52 percent would be a baseline for someone who commands that kind of. Okay, that kind of a crowd. It's just everything is evidence. It's all nonsense. Did you see some of the blunders from yesterday of this guy, the speech he gave? Oh, about the right, you get your F-16s because your guns ain't going to well, stop us? Yeah, there was that. Um, there was that. There was here. There's there's like five or six clips I, I could play some just because. <sighs> I have to start drinking water. I got to tell you. My piss looked like pumpkin spice latte yesterday. Mine too. I, it's, I have. I am so dehydrated. I don't know if it's the, if if it's the. It's just, it was so dark. Pumpkin spice latte. I've got yeah. You know it's just like sometimes you go you you go through the gradients of you go you go to yellow then you then you start going like orange fluorescent. Oh my god! And then you, oh yeah, I don't know. Anybody's fall time is coming around when you go to your local Starbucks and grab your latte. Think of Frank. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. First yeah. question. Oh. Pumpkin spice latte. Are you going to go to Starbucks and not pay cash? Oh no! What, what do you mean? What is, is that like? A, no, no more cash at Starbucks. No more allowed because they don't want anybody touching the credit cards or crypto only at Starbucks. Really? Well, I don't think anybody who goes to Starbucks for the coffee is nuts. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, I, well, Lauren, Lauren likes their mochas, which it buries the coffee under chocolate. So that that's one thing. But I, I, I go, I go in there every once in a while to get one of those those protein boxes, like with the the, yes, the boiled egg. Yeah. If I if I need to hold myself over, they have some decent snacks, but I'm not. I would never drink. But oh, so maybe do you pay before you get it? You do. You pay before you get it. You can only pay on their app or credit card. Oh, you want to know why they're really doing that? It has nothing to do with them like trying to go green or get away from cash. It's because Starbucks have become a haven for people to like commit violent crimes and like do drugs in the bathroom. And they figure if they don't have any cra- uh, cash on premises, they're less likely to be robbed. Well, yeah, there's that. But I, I think most people going in there aren't even robbing them. Like like, I, like you said, the drug use. Oh, it's terrible. The, those, um, uh, those locations in Philadelphia where they were... St- they actually started putting the sharps containers in there, and that's where the, that big um, headline a couple of years ago, where they asked people who were not paying customers, "You can't be in here." And then they said, "Oh, well, because of the backlash, and they were all called racist." Said, "Okay, well, you can stay in here as long as you want, even if you're not a customer, and we're even going to put a disposal uh, box in the um, in the bathroom for your heroin needles." And now all of a sudden, they're closing down all their spots because they can't guarantee the safety of their employees. Can I have so. an interesting point? 
you know, obviously all of the, the drug use and homeless um, problem in, in a lot of leftist cities is kind of insane now, right? What do you think would happen if, like, you know, most libertarians say that we should just have no drug laws whatsoever and let anybody do what they want? Would it increase or stay the same? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe slight, but there's like what's the, what's stopping anybody now? I I always wondered about that because I I understand the libertarian, the really hardline libertarian view on that. I agree that the war on drugs has been the biggest problem for the drug problem, the biggest factor for the drug problem. I agree that prohibition has never done anything but create a, the gangster world to just explode with power and money. And and actually, our our government is usually a partner. And nobody deals drugs in the world without the CIA saying you can, or you cannot. I mean, that's that's just the way it goes. But I don't know how what what it would do. And and where do you where do you go? Like you know, Putin, uh, Vladimir Putin. I think two weeks ago, I was reading another everything that comes out of Russia. I know state media, no matter where it comes from, you have to take that with a grain of salt. But I love reading his his speeches. Um, and the last one he did about alcoholism, I thought was so great. You're a Russian bot. I know. <laughs> but but the one he did about alcoholism, uh, he was talking a little bit more so uh, directly to, we can't, prohibition does not work. And at the same time, we're dealing with, we're dealing with almost like sickness of the soul in many ways. And we have to find a way to create infrastructure to make more physically rigorous culture for people, children coming on up, taking care of themselves, strengthening their mind. And he's, you know, I'm thinking, I'm like, damn, I would love for somebody to talk. I mean, that's an actual healthcare conversation. I mean, you're, 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 you're talking as though Russia like cares about what happens to the people of their country going forward because they need a strong country or something like that. And they, they, that's the problem. They're, they're looking inward. Everybody should be taking care of their own Uh, entities like Starbucks. They are appendages to globalist new world order thinking so whether or not they're just saying hey, we want to keep less cash on hand so that people aren't robbed or whatever they're also falling over themselves to try to be on the front line of what they want to do for the whole world and of course we know cashless is the big you know um, central banking uh, cryptocurrencies and getting rid of cash and privacy I, I, I it would only make sense that private organizations like this would jump on first Two things. I don't really actually believe that's why they went cashless. That was just a joke, just so that everybody knows. Um, it's, it's definitely a factor. But they probably have really good metrics on how many people actually pay with cash. And I can almost guarantee it's less than like 5% of the people that go there pay with cash anyway. It probably gives them a little bit less um, a little bit less pressure to keep change. You remember, you remember the coin how... The coin uh, shortage. The coin shortages uh, during 2020 because nobody was... You know, exchange the, the entire flow of currency was was halted, so everything was becoming electronic. Maybe that's a little bit, maybe not. But Good when, question, Paul. Yeah. yeah, he gave a thumbs up. You guys can't see. Okay, what next? Uh, hands. Um, Dwayne. Dwayne. I would I'd really like to have some people some feedback about how to really address the homeless situation. You know. I've seen what a match does to a tent. You can take it out in five minutes, and you can clear the people. But that's not the right thing to do, right? I mean, because we, we shut down uh, uh, sanitariums where a lot of mental health people used to be, and then, you know, we had abuses in the system, and they changed that. They're back on the street. And then there's other people on the street with campers, and they're, they're cooking outside the whole nine yards. They're, they're really planting themselves and, and leaving there. So... Anybody, what's the real solution to help with homeless? I, I think that, that personally, I remember doing a lot on this last year. I wish I had all that, that information. You did. In my you head. did like a couple of shows where you had like people on and everything, didn't you? Yeah. Like, I, I, I wish I had all this stored in my head. Maybe that's when the transhumanism will become a little bit. Uh, you know, if I, if I can just have something in there, all my, my, uh, my, my chrome. Bookmarks. The but homelessness at the end of the day is just a product of government entitlement programs. It's a, it's it's a lot of other things though too. The Vladimir Putin, the Vladimir Putin idea, healthcare. Well, when you have broken homes, you have uh, terrible education. You have uh, drug, not only drugs that are are proliferated through normal ways, but it has been exacerbated by government. And now you have as a 
as a solution. You have government-funded shills out there giving people crack pipes and all this, and making sure, oh, well, if you're going to do drugs, let's make sure you're doing it cleanly. And I, I, I think that when you, when you, like, for example, transgenderism, when you take the entire society and you build it around an issue to enable it instead of, instead of actually being a little bit more uncomfortably blunt about what's going on, then it just gets worse and worse. I, so I don't know how you can diagnose homelessness with any one thing. You know, people fall on hard times in so many ways, but when, when the only solution is throw money at it and take away facilities that, will, uh, that have been historically able to treat people, because there's a lot of mental illness in homelessness. It's not just people who lost their... People lose their jobs. They sleep in their cars for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. But it is statistically, it's a fact that there is a lot of mental illness, schizophrenia, um, that is rampant among homeless. You say, where does that come from? You know, where are the influences? I don't know. And 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 that's a that's a big one. And you know what? It seems to be. Um, it seems to be. Like when, let's say nothing is done with homelessness, you get Los Angeles and, and San Diego and um, not San Diego, uh, San Francisco, San Francisco and, and, you know, stuff like that. And it's it's to the point now there where it's just untenable to, li- to live there as a regular person because all you have are midday robberies and, you know, charity isn't going to do it because these people don't have a lot of them anyway. There are people that like I've seen. On YouTube and stuff, people like document their homelessness journey where they do just fall on hard times and have something terrible happen. And then they're forced out into their cars to live and they, you know, have a gym membership and they might even have a job, but they're living in their cars and they're showering at the gym and they're, you know, they're just doing that until they can figure out something else sometimes with their kid or kids and they document their, their journey. And that is, there is some percentage, I don't know what it is of people like that, but like Frank said, even if, if even if you were to be the most charitable nation in the world, the problems that those a lot of those people have are not solved by, like you said, just throwing money at, at them. Or like what San Francisco does, they invent really cool ways of combating the problem. Like uh, somebody invented paint that they can coat the wall in so that when a vagrant comes up and takes a piss on the wall, it splashes back at them. Oh, see and ingenuity, then, and then they and then they created they created a whole like a, a almost like a hazmat uh, unit that goes out and actually power washes crap off the streets. And at one time, I think there was one city council official or something that was protesting. Even though they stimulated the economy, they created like fifteen six figure jobs mm-hmm. to just go out and and delouse the city. And I remember somebody saying. We're making the the, the um, making the argument that actually going out there and cleaning the crap off the streets was a, a, was racist because you're saying you're saying that you're making some kind of an implication. Oh, it's nuts! Everybody's shit is brown. Okay. Yeah, it's nuts. Hey, this happened in in, in New York too. And some people's pee is a pumpkin spice latte. Yes. Just don't pee in public. Or find a tree. Like, I don't get how you just completely toss everything out the window and crap on the street. Like, yes, they, uh, when I was in Nashville a couple of months ago, you know, they have this business called Shower Up. Have you heard of it? No. It's a whole cottage industry where they go to big cities and they have portable showers in their trucks and they come once or twice a week in certain city squares for the homeless to shower and they provide everything for them and they do so they it's it's like a mass bunch of people thousands of people come to the state square in nashville to take showers twice a week i don't see anything wrong with that honestly either except for when they're gone it is just all the homeless it requires those kinds of people to come and clean up it's that's tough. Wow. So, you know, it's it's like you accommodate, you accommodate, but you're also... Enabling. You're enabling. And that both, it's, a, it's really a sticky slope there. But I do believe that they pulled away a lot of the treatment facilities and a lot of that. Um, and I don't think that it was out of an act of kindness. And, 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 and that's not yeah, to say that the treatment... 
run to the government for help. That's the end. Well, it's I like, I don't feel safe. Yeah. These people need, you know, I need the government to help me. Yeah. I, on top, like, piggybacking off that, there, so, some of these things have been created because we, as a society, in general, have taken away the pride in hard work. And so people have been taught, like, well, if I don't have to do this, somebody's going to do it for me. And there's no, like, our whole country was built on, you know, like, labor of love. And now it's, you're going to work so I can live whatever life Mm. I want to live. And, you know, whether that's on the streets or on welfare, you know, or, you know, whatever government entitlement program there is. You, you know, you know. There's no. I'm gonna. There, it's it's not even just like a band aid for a little while. It's like this is my life. Yeah, people just live on welfare. You know, like, I'll I'll live, do this yeah, until I have to, yeah. like to get me off my feet. It's this is. Hey, somebody's gonna throw money at me. Why should I work? Why Why should I take pride in in what like I was created to do? That's exactly what happened after COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I life without purpose. First, on the on the facilities, there's also there's also something to be said about the conditions at uh, mental institutions as well. I mean, yes. what what people like Geraldo Rivera back in the day uncovered at places like Letchworth. We were just talking about this the other day. Letchworth. Yeah. Where you where you have hundreds of children being fed their their daily medicines from the same spoon and all this. You know, there's there's something to be said about what was going on in those those facilities. But yeah, you, you can't you can't go the opposite where you just you pull the ripcord and it's all gone. Mm-hmm. On the um, on on the that aspect is what's that old um, what's that old saying? There's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, <laughs> or a pilot program. Yeah, it's it's just it. And then what, once you do what was never what was never supposed to be done, then it's a political hot potato. Who's going to take away the right. Who's going to be the one to, to take away all the money from the people it was, it was helping? Because you're always going to find someone who benefits from robbing Peter to pay Paul. Of course, Obamacare helps somebody see a doctor. Yeah, there's going to be success stories when you take hundreds of billions of dollars from people and you, you give it to somebody. Somebody's going to have a great time. And they're going to have something that's... And then what? You're the one that took away their... Even though... It's, so how unsustainable is it all? Everything. Everything's very unsustainable. Please and, don't uh, please don't ask how to cure world hunger because I don't have the solution for that either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can come to this kitchen. I know. <laughs> Every day there's more food. It's insane. Never ends. Brian, did you have a question? Yeah. Um, the primaries are almost over and we're looking to laugh to stretch before the November election gets here. And so this is when all the campaigning uh, is supposed to pick up. And so they asked me brought Biden out for that event that you mentioned. He's in a small, tiny gymnasium, and they can't even fill up the gymnasium. And obviously, there's empty uh, bleachers in there. And so this is this should be the time of year where there's a long line of Democrat politicians outside the White House trying to finagle themselves that key Joe Biden endorsement right. <laughs> so they can get reelected. And so far, the only one I've seen that's made any noise about trying to get Biden to endorse it was Charlie Crest down in Florida. Huh. So I just want to ask you, how pathetic do you think this is going to get by the time November gets here? If they're trying to make it look like Biden's doing great in the polling, but everybody's going to notice that none of these Democrats running for re-election, they don't want to throw their arms around Joe Biden and, and seek his endorsement for re-election. It's a good one. You go. I, I'm always tempering my expectations because I want this to be as pathetic as I know it is. <laughs> I, I, I mean, everybody in this room just knows what you're seeing and what you're feeling should be the most pathetic result in modern American history, as far as an election goes, I just I just temper my expectations on everything because we're we're just dealing with the uh, you know supervillains. You just just don't know. I it, it's great. I like what I always um, I like this the opportunities we get along the way where there are certain things that happen, whether it be a ratings crash that you know that nobody's responding to anything that they put out there. 
whether it just be the memes and how much of a joke they make of themselves. I like that along the way we have these opportunities to confirm time and time again that we're not alone, we're not nuts, and we are so far in the majority, it's ridiculous. So that is at least a comfort blanket um, as far as what's going to transpire in the mainstream that has been... Yeah, but you're calling it the mainstream, but you just defined the mainstream in the sentence before it. That's the reality. Yeah. I would say, okay, in the pop the pop culture media aspect, the projection. That right there is a, it's an alibi still. Until that's completely blown away, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping we get the embarrassment that we deserve and that we should be getting. I, I look at it, interestingly, up until like three weeks ago, they were asking like, Oh, you know, uh, Biden administration officials and other people running if they wanted Joe Biden to even be president in 2024. And they're all like, I'm not going to answer it. It's far too early. We're in the midterms. Let's keep talking about that. You know, let, let's not jump the gun here two years in the future. And everybody runs away from it. Now all that's changed, though. They're in midterm mode now. Like I said, the polls change. They stop asking the rough questions of Biden. Uh Acolytes and people on the side. They're going to keep him probably in his basement as much as possible, lest we get clips like we got yesterday. I mean, you know what the Mexicans, Mexico, which has real problems, causing us real problems. You know what their biggest complaint is? Can't we stop the gun trafficking across the southern border into Mexico? What? Wait, the idea you turn on the television and... Better throw your boss in jail then. I mean, you're you're running guns with him and Eric Holder for the brave. Oh, wait, hold on here. Wait, the vast majority of Republicans in Congress voted against gun control because they're afraid of the NRA. Like just the stupidest crap I've ever heard. And and if you leave him alone, he'll even tell you, oh, I took charge. I'm not supposed to do that. Yeah. Well, who the hell is in charge then? Paul has another question. That was the bullets from an AR-15 go five times as fast as other bullets. Really? Did he say that? He said that. Five times as fast? Wow. Was it supersonic yeah. bullets? <laughs> bullets? Hi- hypersonic bullets. They, they put oh, those oh, they matrix sell. waves. No, I, yeah, they sell faster and faster every time he speaks. Brian, I agree I agree with you. It's It's going to be super, super embarrassing for them. The biggest thing is going to be same-day in-person voting. And I think that that's what is going to make it very clear. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I, I really, I don't see how anybody's, you know, ever said, oh, well, this is going to be the midterm variant or whatever. I don't know how anybody, at least in the numbers that they had influence in 2020, would stay home on election night anymore. I guess I, there's some people that are going to just lean on that mail, on the mail nonsense, but... Why stay home? Same day. Why? Just go out and vote. It takes like, worst case, it takes an hour. Most employers will let you leave your job to go do it. And the polls are open late. Yes, Sarah? So I I think where, um, we, where it'll be good is the libs will start believing their manipulated poll numbers like they did in 2016. And I don't think a lot of libs are motivated. They, they may not vote Republican, but hopefully some of them will just stay home. And then if we come out in force on same day, it'll be harder to manipulate the numbers. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. So that does give me hope because um, they, they do sometimes believe their own BS. In fact, that's something that um, the Dems are good at. So <laughs> believe tell a lie enough, you'll believe it. Um, yeah. I need somebody to pick a number between <laughs> 1 and 13. And get your hypothetical questions ready. Nine. Anything. 69. Nine or... <laughs> Nine. Uh, it is being said that the culture wars, social wars, and fogging. What the hell are fogging? Are fogging. Oh, are f- social wars are fogging. I was like, it's culture wars, social wars, and fogging is a big problem. It's like, what the f- is fogging? Uh, yes, yes. Social wars are fogging our lens against the real treachery and selling out of our personal liberties, uh, fuel, money, property, defense, etc. By the globalists, how can we stop the fog and open eyes? I think that's just, that's happening every time somebody goes to the grocery store and realizes they've paid 75% more than they have the year before. I, I think that the greatest video that speaks to this came out, Three or four weeks ago, uh, some I think it's Savannah 
uh, Rodriguez. She oh. went. She went down to Texas to just talk yep. to people outside the grocery store and people who should, uh, you know, black Americans um, who should be demographically assigned to Democrat voting and all that stuff. And they they are laughing at the idea that there was no bad inflation impact and that it everything was just uh, trans uh, transit uh, transitory and um, and that they're not in a recession. They laughed at it all and talking about gas, talking about the personal experiences with property and everything else. So well-rounded, it's it's hitting people personally. That's why I always said, um, we're gonna give up, a, we're gonna cede a lot of ground as long as people have some some kind of an insulated bubble, protective bubble in their homes. They're comfortable. Yeah, they're not getting, they're not, it's they hard to get They can still go to yoga. Yeah, they could. Um, I answer this a little bit differently. Like, first of all, I'd want to know who's saying that because that's not a, a, a perception that I have. So I'd want to know the perspective, the person who's asking or who says that would, would be coming from. Right. But at the same time, you know, it's it's almost like what the question seems to be asking to me is like the, the culture wars, the, you know, the. uh the taking over of entertainment or the, you know, the LGBTQ agenda or trans, you know, the transgender movement is distracting people from what's actually happening in terms of the loss of our liberty, the economy, the national budget, how high it is. People don't have the, the wherewithal to look at all of those things at once. Right. Is that yeah, kind of- and even Ukraine, like what's happening to the constant drain of money? I mean, our, our treasury is gone. So there's, there's not going to be anything left, but people, I feel like, are so busy with all of the noise around, you know, this or that or the homelessness. I mean, all of it is bad, but it's so much chaos Yeah. Um, that I don't think at the end of the day people really understand what's going on behind the scenes Why? while well, all of this is playing out on the stage. So once somebody is involved in activism for one of their causes that is in that bucket of social wars... You take them because they're now open and awake and, and receptive and you explain to them why it got that way in the first place. And then you tell them we also while this is important, like right now, this is why it's happening and you can't fix the problem unless you attack the problem head on. So, yeah, we need to save our kids from, you know, being sexually indoctrinated in school. And that's super important. But the reason why this happened is because the federal government is controlling schools to large, you know, in large part. And. There's no school choice, and this is why XXX and X needs to happen. So that's the way that I would open eyes in those situations. So you're like, take a slice of the pie and just take a bite, a little bit of the bite. Yeah. Yeah. That was Hypothetical. A question. What's yeah. your craziest idea for an October surprise? What do you think the Dems are going to try and throw on us to keep us from the polls or whatever? If you had to just do some wild, crazy guess. Oh, it was always going to be. Are they going to try something, some kind of biological reason to stay home again and or the arrest of Donald Trump? I, I, I was thinking all that stuff that Julie Kelly was putting out about what is this building toward? Because obviously they have a... Um, they have a, a plan of disqual their whole their whole plan for campaigning is just trying to disqualify their opponents because there's no how do you how do you campaign against somebody where you, you can't debate them your ideas are so they they just fall apart on their own under their own weight of the stupidity so I just think it's going to be one of those they're trying to disqualify everybody or scare people into staying home so that the uh, the postmaster general can do the rest that's what I think. Oh gosh, I don't. Even, you know what? Honestly, is it? Tell me how you guys feel if you feel the same way. Nothing that happens anymore shocks me. No, like nothing shocks me. The old, the thing that did shock me actually. Sorry, that was that they sent the affidavit through WhatsApp. <laughs> like Adam show Adam showed me this the other day. They sent that the Trump. Warrant affidavit through WhatsApp to the judge. That's that's how they sent it to him. Wow. So like I was like, oh my gosh, you know, very top secret and everything. Um, but like nothing surprises me anymore. So like no matter what they do, like what are they gonna do that's worse than what they've done already? Like they they just I don't know. Aliens. 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 <laughs> but that would be a good day. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty. I always said yes. from, from 
December 2017 till now, when you talk about UFO disclosure, there has been so what, Amuamua, um, the Tic Tac uh, from 2004, 2009 coming out, those videos. There's been so much. All of the the the, um, the soft disclosures we got last summer alone, that would have been enough to stop the world from spinning in like 1997. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody, nobody Does cares. It, people are like, yeah, there's aliens out there. Okay. It's too much. <laughs> like we're so burned out from everything. Yeah. I, and, and I think, obviously, it's just, who knows? Anybody have any more alien questions? Oh, oh boy. It's a Friday show. Keep going. <laughs> okay, hypotheticals. For alien questions are fine. You're an alien encyclopedia. Oh, okay. Concerning to me, there was a story a few days ago from Sarah Carter, who interviewed uh, clandestinely a... Uh, a cartel member talking about all the children that are being trafficked into the country and he admitted to her that many of them are having their organs harvested mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and yeah. that's that, that hasn't gotten a lot of attention and I feel like oh, we, like that's shocking as everyone just went yeah but yeah because what's what's worse is disqualifying people up who aren't who are still denying that this stuff is happening at the they're idiots there you're not going to wake them up if how how can you I mean, well, the only thing that you can do is dissuade people from coming here. Dissuade people from coming here like that. And, and if you try to work... You can't... I mean, because apparently it's everybody's right to, to be here and be on the dole. So if it's everybody's right to be here and be taken care of, and you can't do anything to dissuade even the trafficking of children without it being some xenophobic, racist, you know... Um, I don't know. It, it's 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 terrible. You can't bring it up because now they've made child trafficking, organ harvesting political. They've made it political. You're a, a you're a pizza gator. See, all all that crap. You can't even talk about it. So they're this is how insane they are. I don't know. We did a whole show on that on how they've politicized the harm of children. I think border states really they need to they really need to get to this stuff. Yes, Brian. People have been sold this idea in the media that it's, it's compassionate. If you deport migrants walking into the country, you're a compassionate person. You want them to be here. You want them to have a good life. And it's framed, this framing is completely wrong. If you deport human trafficking, you are deporting modern-day human slavery. There's nothing compassionate about it. You're deceiving yourself, and you're not looking at the issue correctly. And so, one of the things that that um, that I, I would like people to talk about is they need to frame this issue correctly. You're supporting a vast amount of human suffering. You're supporting a vast amount of human exploitation. You're not a good person if you embrace this and you support it. Far from it. So you need yeah. to wake. That's good. Change the narrative. At the very least, they're creating a permanent, a permanent political underclass. So you talk about slavery. They're creating a permanent political underclass that hopefully they can legitimize through whatever ill-gained majorities in Congress over time. But that—that's just what they—they they don't want to control. Oh yeah. The, the problem is that they're not voting Democrat anymore. Well, I, I, we'll see. it's it's. We're, at least people people who've been here for a, a while. Pretty much, I guess. Yeah. Couple generations in, definitely they're waking up, which is going to be great if they can just tell it, the new arrivals. You know what? I think it's really going crazy right now because they're trying to get away with everything they can before we take over. Yeah. And that's why they're going crazy that shit. That was my mom, by the way. See where I get it from? Running. Just saying. (laughs) Running for the exits. All right. More. You first, then then Brian will go next. What's your favorite curse word? Oh. Well, I mean, F really is... is, There's something so cathartic about F. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't. Uh, well, I have I have friends that I have friends that use it as like a filler word, and that it's just like I'm like, okay, come on. Yeah, yeah. There's, but there's a lot. I, I insults are more my thing. 
Um, I love. I like. I like finding new ways to insult that are not so. I mean, I, I love nincompoop. <laughs> I think that nitwit is the dimwit. I, I think those are great. I, I think those, those are great. You can have so much more fun with yeah. with insults. Yeah. You can pick without saying anything. Oh, moron, idiot. You don't even need all that. You can completely dismantle a person just piece by piece, and it's so much more satisfying. Do you want these ears? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you can wear these. So much more satisfying. Oh, horn, sorry. Not ears. Unencumbered by the hassles of charm. Yes. Oh, that's a good. Unencumbered by the hassles of charm. Brian. Frank, what exactly is happening 1,500 feet above Skinwalker Ranch? Oh, I don't know. But it needs to be addressed. Oh, boy. We, here we go. We need to, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna use the ladies' room. You guys talk about Skinwalker we, Ranch. Uh, we need to figure out what's going on at Skinwalker Ranch. So there's something that relates between what's going on in national parks and all that and Skinwalker Ranch. I think so. 100%. There's so much we don't know about what we're living through. Yeah. So there's some, I mean, there's like, there's a lot and it mimics poltergeist activity too for people living inside that farmhouse. Things just getting thrown off of shelves. So you don't know if it's poltergeist. Is it interdimensional? Some people don't like considering intergalactic visitors, um, but they they give you know they they always there's some people that just always equate aliens to demons, which I think there might be an aspect of that, but I can't broad stroke anything. Uh, I don't know. It's so complex. Yeah, yeah. No, cattle mutilation stories are incredible. They really are because you're you're talking about cuts that like no human tool can produce. The complete bloodless nature of the whole thing is like, but well, there's nothing. It's not. There's something. Whether whether or not it's a, uh, a, a an agreement between government and other visitors, you can take a few of these, take a few of that, and let's exchange technology or I don't know. I love thinking about that stuff. I never want to be in the middle of it all, though. And you got to watch Missing 411, The Hunted. It came out a couple of years ago. Missing 411, The Hunted. And that will make you, especially when they go camping up in, like, Northern California woods and um, people's um, interactions or at least close encounters with what they believe is Bigfoot. I, there's so many places in this country that human feet have not, have not, you know, we have not explored... Everywhere we talk about the the bottom of the ocean, but there's lots of places in this country where humans have not been, just because of where they are, how thick, dense the woods are. I'm telling you, you should watch that one if you have it. That's some good stuff. Um, if some of you out there are wondering what happened, for some reason, somehow, the podcast stopped recording for like five minutes. I don't know why. It was when they started talking about something scary. <laughs> That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Okay. Who else? Who's got something? What do you think Hallie Biden is going to come up with? with she, you know, because she's talking about all the, like, I've got all this information on the Biden family, and, like, I know with all those laptops. What do you think? Wait, who, who's, who? who's Hallie? Is his daughter? Is she is she saying she's she's, she's tweeting? She's narc. Oh shoot! Okay, she's gonna narc yeah. on the whole family. This like I know it's on those laptops and it's more than anybody can ever imagine. Oh. Like Let that. me tell you something. I have always said from the very beginning that Hunter Biden left that laptop there on purpose. Agreed. Agreed. Nobody forgets. Nobody for yeah. Nobody forgets a laptop like that. With all that crap on it. And think of the personal think of the personal harm he's had to go through to do that. And what is at stake in their minds if now she's out doing the same thing? Like the fact that the FBI arrested people for that when she probably left the diary there on purpose. Is Hunter the Judas goat for their crime family? 
I mean, what in the ever living is going on that we can't see? I swear. The fact that she feels feels ballsy enough to tweet about it is really interesting to me. Because well, the last tweet I saw her tweet was Trump won that presidency and our whole family knows it. Oh. Wow. Oh. What'd you say? Yeah. Last tweet was Trump won the What's election her name? and our whole family knows it. What? Hallie, Hallie Biden? Oh. Was she hacked? I know. <laughs> What? It's not verified. Yeah. The account's not verified. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Is she on Twitter? So has any of this been real? Okay, so this is what we have to be careful of, people. Hold on. We're all looking it up right now, Haley Biden. I don't even know. I didn't know she existed, so I don't even know what... That... All that aside, even if she wasn't tweeting, my still my points still stand. Yeah. I don't I don't see any place on earth where somebody would share personal things like that in a diary and then forget it somewhere, or have all those videos and information about like nefarious things they've personally done or their families done, and then leave it at a laptop repair shop for m- months. <laughs> I always I always factor in the drug part, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. imagine if they went. To- yeah. Imagine the childhoods. I can't. That created the adults yeah. that we're seeing. I can't. Casey. No, I just wanted to add to that. I did read somewhere. That Yell. I did read somewhere that Hunter was on a bender, and him and Haley got in an argument, and she threw his laptop into the pool. So while he was still all cracked out, my born. He had it. And, he <laughs> the thing, and then he went into rehab for six months. So yeah. that may be why he left it. But it could be that it was. Cry for help. Like, it's all speculation at this point. But like, I just, I just have always had a hard time. Like, I would like it to be a world where the kids would get together and say, "Enough is enough of this. We've got to do something." But somebody would do something noble for once and like try and stop something bad from happening. And I've made this point so many times. Like Biden and their family, they're not necessarily, they're like useful idiots for for the deep state, right? They're not the Clintons, okay? They're they're not the Clintons. Like, yeah, they've got their hand in corruption and, you know, they could probably spill some secrets, but the leverage I think that the Biden family has versus the leverage that like a Clinton or an Obama has are like light years apart from one another. So like, I don't think they'd be upset if Biden went down for Ukrainian corruption, Right. I don't think they'd be upset if Biden went down. If he was the only one meddling out there, they wouldn't well, be upset. But he's if they could cover up the rest of the people and pin it on them the way they're going to pin everything on Fauci. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. I mean, the first step has already happened. Yeah. And now, now, just yesterday, the UK came out and said pregnant women don't get the vaccine and if you're breastfeeding and have gotten it don't vac- don't breastfeed your your kids. My gosh. So many dying, that's why. Yes. So, yes they did. And that's from the new formulations too. You know, whatever Politico was talking about with Donald Trump um, you know, speeding up. That's that was first generation. So these are we're, we're like in I don't know how many how many Yeah. Yeah, you know how many reformulations they've had since December 2020 when it came out. So, so just like I said that the the uh, Grassley uh, Johnson FBI whistleblower story was going to be such a big deal, and that's why I was like so crazy about it weeks ago. I was like, listen, you have to understand this. You have to know the timeline. And now Tebow had to resign, and like that's going to just blow. I'm telling you, I just still I know it. Just like I said that the vaccine story is also going to have the same. It's going to happen. Yes? This FBI agent that just got escorted out of the building on Friday, he had his fingers in a lot of different pies. He was in charge of uh, election fraud investigations. He was the guy running the Trump probe that led to the moral aggravate. And he was the guy that was that was uh, helping to run the Hunter Biden laptop investigation. Yep. yep. And so he's the one that came out and convince people that it was Russian disinformation. And if this is the guy they started to decide to cut him loose. Well, he was under investigation in the Office of Professional Responsibility. And, like, I, I, I just think that the power of what the whistleblowers, there's like 15 or 20 of them that have come forward, have 
is enough to say, okay, 35 year old employee, you know, 35 year veteran of the force that has done all this dirty work for us or the, the FBI, you need to retire now. His attorneys came out. They made this whole big statement about how, you know, he wasn't escorted out of the building by two people. That was just two of his friends he'd worked with for years. And, you know, like um, his retirement has nothing to do with anything that's going on. It's just he randomly decided, you know, I've had enough. Of Mission this. accomplished. Yeah. He welcomes the fact that he's going to do investigation by the uh, Inspector General, the Office of the Special. He's been referred for investigation by the Office of the Special Counsel because he expects to be completely vindicated. Yeah, he, he's going to be completely vindicated, um, as he says. And I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the day if maybe he was because we live in a banana republic. Yeah, Kevin Kleinsmith didn't even get disbarred. What? He cannot be interviewed by the OIG now that he's resigned. Oh, well, he can be interviewed by him, but he can refuse it. And the OIG for the the IG in the in the, the Michael Horowitz doesn't have subpoena power. It's the only one of the IGs, I believe, that doesn't have the ability to subpoena to get testimony from people. Yeah. Congress. Well, Congress can do it if they grow a set of balls. Balls. <laughs> yes. What's the, what's the new Iran deal going to look like? Oh, I don't I haven't even thought about this. Well, I mean, now I, that we know that there's all this unrest in, in, in Iraq, I, I shudder to think. Because the... You know what happened in Iraq, right? I had some bombing. They, they took over the presidential palace. I, I, okay. I, and I saw car bombings and things have been going nuts. And, but and, yeah, and they, they had to evacuate the UN out of there and, and American diplomats and all kinds of people because the country's just basically... Like, it was January 6th on steroids. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what about our, our, uh, our embassy? We had to evacuate that, too. Helicopters taking off from the roof again. Wow. Yeah. That's a gigantic embassy, too. That You know what's happening? That's happening everywhere. Now it's happening in Haiti, and you got to wonder who is... Listen, in all of these movements, a lot of the times, like once years go by and you get access to documents, the CIA is over there doing stuff or, you know, some other government intelligence service is like, you know, let me just poke over here a little bit. Like they did in Ukraine. Yeah. The same thing. So See, I, didn't, I didn't know I didn't know the uh, presidential palace was taken. I saw oh, that, yeah. I saw that there was uptick in violence, but I didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was. But the people were frustrated, you know, and angry about what's going on in the country. And they took the presidential palace. Mm. Anyway, the, Iran, I, the Biden administration is racing to get a peace deal with the Iranians. Oh, yes. Another crisis. Aren't they handing things over to Russia right now as we speak? Iran? They are, yes. Weapons. Oh, that's Our weapons. That's where they're going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one more, yes. Do you have any deals on Trump coin? <laughs> 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 so to close out, the, we'll, clo- we'll close this out this way. We, um, on Telegram, uh-huh. I don't know if you're on there a lot. I, I, I bounce in and out. So on Telegram, the, the channels with like a little bit of a bigger following are getting impersonated. Oh, yes, I get that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they'll come in and be like, I aming people that are in your room, and they'll tell you, they'll tell the people they're you, <laughs> right? And and yeah. they're clearly from another country, and they clearly don't speak good English, but they're like, I'm Tracy, are you enjoying my channel, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so they created a, ca- and they'll try and sell Trump coins and nonsense and whatever. So they created a character for me called Evil Beans, and <laughs> they say that whenever the, the imposter talks to them it's evil beans so and they put adam put devil horns on me and that's why i'm wearing these devil horns today like tulpa yeah the, tul- the tulpa beans you know i that's happened to me too and i'm i have i don't have a, a very big footprint on on telegram i don't use it nearly enough to to grow it so when i i had people get in touch with me say oh you know you you dm me the other day i said no i had to put a couple of couple of the telegrams out there just to let everybody know reminder I'm not going to sell you anything uh, and I'm not I'm not going to DM anybody it doesn't matter so. people will ask you anyway like I've probably done 50 of those one of them was a video while I was flailing my arms around like a lunatic saying I will never do this and people are like Tracy did you DM me yes I have a deal on crypto come to me <laughs> Trump coin for the win well I don't know. I'm 
<laughs> I think so. There's a few channels you can go to and easily find Trump coins. Or there's a tour down the street. All right. Can you get ice cream with Biden coins? <laughs> <laughs> guys, did you guys have a good extravaganza? Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic, this version two. Um, we're going to probably do it again next year, but you you guys are amazing. It's always awesome to do a live show like this. This yeah. is different for us, so it's it's fun. Usually it's me, and sometimes Frank has his camera on, and I'm looking at his ceiling. Yeah, the, the, the pipes in the basement. Yeah, he puts it on. I'm like, all right. Sometimes I just, yeah. Sometimes but I'm anyway. like, just click any, any button. Any, any final, final thoughts from you, Frank? No, I think, uh, well, aside from thanking everybody, I uh, had a had a really great week, and I, I always know, this always so, seems so far off the last two weeks, the last two years doing this. You see it, it's a couple months down the road, it's 12 weeks down the road, it's six weeks down the road, all of a sudden, you're, it's the day before coming down here, and I already know, the day before we leave, it's already over. And here we are in the last day, and I can't believe it's already over. But it is the beginning, at least for me, of holiday, the holiday season. Yes. Yes. It's not this. And then I got Aurora's birthday in September, and then I got Aurora's baptism on October 1st, and then we got Halloween, and we got uh, Thanksgiving. uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then we need to do something to have something to look forward to in the winter because there's no bigger depression than January 3rd. Oh, that is a that's a letdown and a half. So this is the beginning of the holiday season. Everybody, Why January third? Because it's what you look forward to. Martin Luther King oh, Day. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I have a lot in January to look forward to, Frank. Well, I have both my kids' birthdays. I have my wedding anniversary. I have Sharon's birthday. Oh, that's in January. Good. So we got, and her anniversary, my mom's anniversary is William's birthday. So they're all both on the same. You day. guys got married in January. In, in a New blizzard. York? In a blizzard. I got married in the blizzard of 78. Wow. That's, uh, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. In New York. If I was getting... Well, get, we get married in New York, obviously, but I would have never... I would either go spring or fall for a, a wedding. Well, the story behind it is my brother got engaged right before I did, my older brother. And his wedding was in June, and my mother said to me, you have to give me at least six months between the two weddings. So that's what I did. Okay. Exactly six months. <laughs> Good. Okay. Anyway, well, I, I thank you all. It was a it was a night. It was a great week, and everybody here is just so so nice and great to talk to. So that's all I got to say. And and safe travels back home. Yeah, you guys have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast from the Dark Delight Extravaganza. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We will be back on Friday. Later. This is a Rock Stops here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. He is a legend. 40-some years he's been doing FSU basketball and baseball, play-by-play. He's been doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers games in the NFL since 1989. He's 77 years old. Wait, do you hear the energy that he has? He's still at the top, the one, the only Gene Deckerhoff. What you saw in Bobby Bowden on TV, in the newspaper, on the radio is exactly what you get when he wasn't in front of a camera or a microphone. Bobby Bowden was the most genuine man I have ever been around. I don't think I heard Bobby utter a swear word in the 34 years I worked with him. Uh, maybe once or twice when he missed a six-foot putt. But he, he was a man, a, a very spiritual man. He never met somebody that he wouldn't say, hey, buddy, hey, gal, hey, buddy, hey, gal. Shake hands, pat you on the back. It didn't matter whether he'd won a game or lost a game. And uh, Bobby was the real deal. You know, in my career as a broadcaster, I've been very fortunate, number one, to, to be in this business. And it's not a business for me. It's, 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 a, it's a blast. But to have worked with Bobby Bowden and Tony Dungy are the two highlights of my career. Forget the wins and the losses, but to be around two human beings. 
whether they're coaches or administrators, school teachers, police officers, firemen, the two, I think, the greatest human beings that I have ever been around. The Rock stops here with longtime radio and TV personality. Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.